What is up, everybody? I am Milan Jordan, and this is the MMA Daily Blitz, brought to you by Fanstream Sports, powered by DSP Media. Please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you consume your podcast. Check out our YouTube page, and you can follow me on Twitter as well, at Milan Jordan. All right, before I dive into last weekend's action, the biggest free agent in MMA is now off the market. Francis Ngannou, who relinquished a UFC heavyweight title back in January to become a free agent, signed a lucrative deal with the Professional Fighters League. Yep, the PFL. So when what both sides are calling a strategic partnership. So what this means is that not only will Ngannou fight for PFL, his debut slated for 2024 in their new pay-per-view super fight division that's being launched to feature high-profile fights, with the fighters getting a bigger share of those profits. But also part of his deal, uh, Nganu will become the new chairman and an equity owner in PFL Africa as the promotion has plans to expand there in the near future. And Nganu will also have a role on a PFL advisory board to represent fighter interests. Basically, it's almost like a fighter's union without the collective bargaining, It's a, but they have a say at the table and kind of uh, PFL kind of hears their concerns and some interests that they have to uh, uh, make everything the experience and make everything better for both the fighters and the promotion. Now, Ngannou's deal with the PFL, that's the MMA part. Uh, but also what this does is it gives him some freedom and, and the right to pursue his longtime dream of being a professional boxer. Look, at this time, he doesn't have a promotion or a platform where this is going to happen, but there are negotiations ongoing, so something could come to fruition here in the very new, near future. Now, Ngannou, he's tried to book a fight with Tyson Fury this, this summer. Uh, he's also been linked to fights with uh, Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua. But whomever the opponent ends up being, Ngannou, is expected to have his boxing debut later this year. Again, maybe an announcement coming in the near future. Uh, and he'll start competing in the PFL in mid-2024. Another part of this deal, Ngannou said that uh, in, a, in his, on his YouTube channel that each of his MMA opponents will get a minimum base salary of $2 million as part of the deal. Uh, if his opponents are getting at least $2 million per fight, imagine what Ngannou's getting. So a very lucrative deal for someone who was the biggest MMA free agent, that is until Tuesday. So, And Ngannou, yeah, it took five months, but uh, I mean, his, his exit from the USC came rather abruptly, so it's not like other promotions had a chance to really, uh, uh, you know, negotiate and then same with uh Nganu's side so that took some time and ultimately you know he got what he wanted he he wanted it wasn't about the money he wanted some freedom he wanted to be, have the chance to fight which ufc a uh, fight uh in boxing which the ufc uh wasn't keen on uh he wanted a better pay for not just him he wasn't just looking out for himself he was looking out for his other fighters too uh, and some fairness and some respect, and he's certainly getting that here with the PFL in this deal for not just himself, but also uh, his opponents. So again, Francis Ngannou, the newest member on the PFL roster. All right, we're going to go from news from outside the cage to action in the cage this past weekend. Friday night, it was Bellator 296 in Paris, France. The main event, it was Fabian Edwards defeating Gay Guard Musasi via unanimous decision 49-46 across the board. Uh, this was the 60th pro MMA fight for Gegard Mousasi. Uh, his record drops to 49-9-2. While Fabian Edwards, brother of UFC welterweight champion Leon Edwards, 
He won his third straight fight, improving to 12-2 and overall, and he's going to face Johnny Eblen uh, for the Bellator Middleweight Championship and looking to add some more gold for the Edwards family. Meanwhile, in his post-fight press conference, uh, Bellator President Scott Coker was asked about Gegard Mousasi's future and, and asked if this was the last we'll see of uh, Mousasi inside, uh, competing inside a cage. And uh, Scott Coker said this, quote, that's really up to him. If he decides to retire or fight, that's his call. Uh, we do have a contract with him, and we will honor it, but that's a decision he can only answer. Uh, he's got a great career, and it's something he'll have to talk to his manager and trainer and brother and figure it out, end quote. So uh, Gegard Mousasi, again, uh, former uh, middleweight champion Bellator, uh, was this the last time we will see him fight in a cage? Stay tuned. We'll find out. Uh, check out the rest of the Bellator 296 card, the co-main event. Uh, Brent Primus defeated Mansour Barnoy by unanimous decision. The, the former Bellator lightweight champ advances to the lightweight Grand Prix semifinals. Douglas Lima, former uh, champion, won in his middleweight debut, defeating Costello Van Stinas by unanimous decision. And also in the lightweight division, uh, another fight, it was Tebow Godi defeating Kane Musa uh, via knockout at round number two, punching him out in the second round. All right, so Friday... It was Bellator Saturday. It was the UFC on ABC4 in Charlotte, North Carolina. And you know, so, yeah, it was on linear television, the UFC. And uh, the main card, the main event uh, was a heavyweight matchup. Uh, Jalatin Almeida defeated Yarzino Rosenstruck by, via submission in round number one. Rosenstruck, uh, he stopped Almeida's first takedown attempt, but not his second. And once Almeida got that, he was just methodical and route to uh, getting a rear nick of choke at 343 of round number one uh, and maintaining a 100% stoppage rate in his 19 career victories. That's right. All 19 of his career wins have been via stoppage. 19 and two overall, five and zero in the UFC, three and zero since he moved up to the heavyweight division. Uh, Almeida's five fight UFC stoppage streak. What's tied for the second longest among active fighters in the company behind only Sergey Pavlovich's six. Almeida, he's absorbed just two significant strikes, two significant strikes and five UFC fights. Uh, means, meanwhile, Rosenstruck, he suffered the first submission loss of his career. And after the fight, just a look on his face uh, when they're announcing uh, the winner of the fight and everything. And he just, he just looked dumbfounded. Like what else could I have done? But Almeida really rising, uh, uh, up the rankings for sure, and a very impressive performance. Uh, and as I mentioned, a very methodical but very impressive performance for uh, uh, Gilton uh, Almeida. Co-main event took place at 205 pounds, and as Johnny Walker beating Anthony Smith via unanimous decision. That's uh, the first time that Johnny Walker has won a UFC fight by going the distance. We're used to seeing him end fights, but uh, he still got the win nonetheless. His three-fight UFC winning streak at light heavyweight. It's tied for the third longest active streak in the division behind champion uh, Jamal Hill and Carlos Olberg, who was also on this card. And, uh, well, Johnny Walker, who's he want next? Well, he wants a shot at the champ, Jamal Hill. We'll see what happens there. Meanwhile, Anthony Smith, he drops to 36-18 and 18 overall, 11-8 and 8 in the UFC. Uh, Ian Gary defeated Daniel Rodriguez with a knockout at 2-0-3 of the first round. A beautiful head kick. Uh, to stay unbeaten for uh, Ian Gary, his uh, 12-0 overall, 5-0 in the UFC, his five-fight UFC winning streak at 170 pounds. 
It's tied for the longest active streak in the division. Uh, three of his five UFC wins have come by way of knockout, and eight of his 12 career wins have also been via stoppage. Meanwhile, Daniel Rodriguez, he suffered the first knockout loss of his 21-fight career. Mentioned Carlos Olberg earlier. Well, he won on this card. He defeated Ihor Patera uh, with a TKO in round number one. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Allberg is now, uh, he has a four-fight UFC winning streak at light heavyweight. Again, tied with Jamal Hill for the longest active streak in the division, while Ihor Patera uh, falls to one and two in the UFC. And one other uh, fight to note uh, on this main card, Alex Morono defeated Tim Means by guillotine choke in round number two. All right, the featured fight on the prelims uh, had the pride of Columbus, Ohio, Matt Brown taking on Court McGee. And well, it was Matt Brown winning via KO with a beautiful punching in the round number one at 4.09 of the first round. The 42-year-old Matt Immortal Brown living up to his nickname, moving up in the history books. Uh, Matt Brown improves to 24-19 in his MMA career, 17-13 and in the UFC, 30 UFC fights. Uh, his 17 wins in the UFC welterweight competition are third most in divisional history behind Neil Magny's 20 and Hall of Famer George St. Pierre's 19. All right, now Matt Brown's 15 stoppage wins in UFC welterweight competition. Uh, that's the most in divisional history and fourth most in UFC history with all divisions. And here's the big one here. Brown's 13 knockout victories in welterweight competition are the most in divisional history, tied with Derek Lewis for the most in company history, which got the attention of one Conor McGregor, who tweeted after the fight, quote, I'm getting this record. Well, you know, Conor McGregor, he when he started off his UFC career, he was knocking people out. But then his last knockout came in 2020 uh, against Donald Cerrone and that well, that's his last win in the octagon. As we know, Conor McGregor uh, coached the Ultimate Fighter 31 against Michael Chandler. That will air later this month with the two meeting in the octagon sometime after the tough season. But again, no date set for that fight yet, even though we've known about this since, what, January, February. So, uh, But Matt Brown, he appeared on a podcast earlier this week casting doubt on whether McGregor ever fights again. You know, saying he's got all the money in the world, more money than he'll ever have, and you know, he doesn't have to if he doesn't want to. But if he does, Brown said he'll fight McGregor for the record. And by the way, for what it's worth, uh, Brown also threw out a challenge in jest, of course, to heavyweight Derek Lewis, uh, whom he shares the UFC knockout record of uh, 13 with. More on Derek Lewis a little bit later. All right. This weekend, the UFC is going to be back in action as they have a fight night card at the Apex, which you can watch on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, the main event is a women's strawweight matchup, Mackenzie Dern taking on Angela Hill. But uh, the UFC this week made some pay-per-view fight announcements. Uh, several of the matchups for UFC 290 card, uh, July 9th, for International Fight Week. We've known about these for a while, but the UFC made the uh, official announcement on Wednesday, and it has two championship, two championship fights at the top of the card. Featherweight champ Alexander Volkanovsky will take on interim champ Yair Rodriguez, to unify the 145-pound title, uh, the co-main event will be flyweight champion Brandon Moreno defending his belt against Alexander Pantoja. Uh, some other fights making uh, being made official for UFC 290. Uh, middleweight contenders Robert Whitaker and Drickus Duplessis will meet up with the winner 
taking on Israel Adesanya for the 185-pound strap later this year or early next year. Uh, Jalen Turner will take on Dan Hooker in a lightweight fight. Uh, prospect Bo Nickel coming off a win in his UFC debut. He returns to action against Treshawn Gore. And Robbie Lawler, UFC and MMA legend, will have his retirement fight against Nico Price and a fight that promises to deliver fireworks. These guys love to stand and bang. And uh, again, uh, what other way could Robbie Lawler go out and, and his career and his final fight uh, as an MMA fighter? All right, other pay-per-view cards announced this week, UFC 291. That's going to take place at the end of July, July 29th in Salt Lake City. Uh, the main event will be Dustin Poirier against Justin Gaethje for the BMF title. Yeah, the BMF title became vacant when Jorge Masvidal retired. And and look, the BMF title was cool. Like when Jorge Masvidal, you know, remember how it came about? He was fighting uh, Nate Diaz and building up for that fight to see who's the baddest MFer out there. So they had this BMF belt. that The UFC created this BMF belt. Made a big deal about it. The Rock uh, put the belt around uh, Masvidal's waist when he beat uh, Nate Diaz. But, you know, I guess, you know, even though Masvidal is retired, then the UFC is going to squeeze some more juice out of this uh, BMF lemon, so to speak, I guess. Right. So uh, but nonetheless, this should be a great fight. You don't need a, a BMF belt to really add to it at all. I mean, Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, it's going to be a hell of a fight. And it's not going to be the first time these two have gotten together. Uh, they met back in 2018 when Poirier got a, a fourth-round TKO win and what many consider the uh, fight of the year back in 2018. And here, five years later, they're going to run it back to uh, headline UFC 291 in Salt Lake City. Uh, other fights announced on that card, the co-main event, Alex Pereira, former UFC middleweight champ, will make his light heavyweight debut when he'll take on Jan Blachowicz. Uh, Paulo Costa will take on Ikram Alessakurov in a middleweight matchup. Uh, turn, Tony Ferguson will take on Bobby Green in a lightweight fight. Uh, Ferguson is looking to snap a five-fight losing streak, while Green not faring much better in his last five, two and two with one no contest over his last five fights. Also on the main card, you got Michael Chiesa taking on Kevin Holland. And uh, we got a couple of interesting names appearing on the prelims. Steven Wonderboy Thompson will take on Michael Pereira in a good matchup of strikers in the 170-pound division. While heavyweight Derek Lewis, mentioned him earlier, uh, he'll take on Marcos Rogerio de Lima in a heavyweight clash. And Lewis, as I mentioned earlier, is currently tied with Matt Brown for the most knockouts in UFC history with 13. He uh, knocks out uh, Marcos Rogerio de Lima in July. Well, he'll have that record all to himself. And while the UFC, they're going to have a pay-per-view in Salt Lake City for the second time in less than a year, uh, they'll be making its first trip to Boston in four years on August 19th with UFC 292. And like UFC 290, there are going to be two title fights at the, at the top of this card as well. A line by about for the Bantamweight Championship, Aljamain Sterling, fresh off his win over Henry Cejudo last week, uh, will face Sugar Sean O'Malley for his next title defense. And the co-main event is going to be for the UFC Strawweight Championship as Zhang Wei Li will defend her belt against Amanda Lemos. So should be uh, a fun-filled fight, uh, summer of fights uh, in the UFC this year. So uh, some really intriguing matchups coming up here over the next few months. All right, folks, you know that'll do it for this episode of the MMA Daily Blitz. As always, brought to you by FanStream Sports, powered by DSP Media. Please like, share, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 
Follow me on Twitter at Milan Jordan. As always, I thank you for checking out the MMA Daily Blitz. I will talk to you later.